something happened in in the midst of this culture. What you're describing, your experience, is all of a sudden now. And it's an intentional Hi, and welcome to Faith in the Folds, a podcast for ministry, biblical studies, and Christian living. I'm your host, Kevin Burr. Today's day of recording is Sunday, February 19th, 2023. And by now, I suspect many of you who are kind enough to listen to Faith in the Folds have heard of what is being called the Asbury Revival. Now, Asbury University is nestled in the quaint community of Wilmore, Kentucky, a town of 6,000 or so with two traffic lights, if I remember correctly. Asbury University was established in 1890, and its religious roots are in the Wesleyan holiness tradition. Much of my audience comes from Churches of Christ and may not be familiar with the Wesleyan holiness tradition. So for now, let me say there is a lot of similarities in how many Christians in the Wesleyan holiness tradition and many in Churches of Christ live out their faith in God. There's some differences, sure, but plenty of similarities. Now, some people will naturally associate Asbury with the Methodist Church, and That's close, but not precise. I've mentioned before in the podcast that I attended Asbury Seminary, which is technically a separate institution, but historically related to Asbury University, and also shares the religious tradition of Wesleyan holiness. And during my campus visit to Asbury Seminary in October of 2013, I actually made the mistake of describing Asbury as a Methodist school, and the professor I was speaking with politely corrected me and said, oh oh no, Asbury isn't Methodist, it's Wesleyan. Now at the time, I didn't really know the difference, and for our purposes today, the distinctions between Wesleyanism and the Methodist Church, be it the United Methodist Church or the New Global Methodist Church, Free Methodist Churches, etc., those differences are not especially relevant for what I cover in this episode, which is part two of two. The bottom line is this Asbury University's religious tradition places a high emphasis on being filled with the Holy Spirit and embodying the fruit of the Spirit as one grows in love for God and love for others. To be honest, that's not very different from what you can find in many churches of Christ. Now, I mentioned the date of recording because as of today, the 2023 Asbury Revival is still going on. I first noticed something interesting was happening in Wilmore on the evening of February 8th. I saw this post from Dr. Joy Vaughn, who is on faculty at Asbury University. At part one of this episode, Tom Lyons and I frequently refer to our friend Joy, who defended her dissertation the same week in March 2020 as we did, and this is Joy. She posted on February 8th, 2023, Today's chapel hasn't stopped. So grateful for the love of God being poured out on our community. At the time, I remember thinking that it was nice, but I didn't give it much thought until I started seeing friends share posts the next day who said that chapel service went through the night and on into Thursday. Now, later in today's episode, Tom says that Thursday morning is when he made his way down to Wilmore, and even he was initially skeptical. In just a few minutes, we'll hear from him about what he experienced in the Hughes Auditorium on that Thursday. I really began to take notice of what was happening at Asbury when I began seeing posts from an Old Testament professor at Asbury Seminary, Dr. Lawson Stone. Dr. Stone is a stellar lecturer, a great scholar, and an engaging writer. 
As the Wednesday, February 8th chapel service went into the weekend, people were beginning to speak of a revival at Asbury. Friends and alumni outside of Wilmore, myself included, were interested to hear from friends in Wilmore what was happening. And that's when I saw these comments from Lawson Stone. I get calls and emails asking for my take on the revival happening at Asbury University since I first got here shortly after the 1970 outpouring and have a history here reaching back almost 50 years. I'm so, so happy to hear of the wonderful things happening at the university. So many, so many people will suddenly become self-appointed experts on revival. Unless they have, say, 50 to 70 years of experience with such deep and free moves of God's Spirit in this community, listen kindly to them, but ignore them. I'm happy to hear that there are many gray heads in Hughes, that means Hughes Auditorium. The old saints know, and they voted yay by being here. There is a kind of renewal that is distinctive to this community, and long-termers recognize it. It doesn't matter how much turnover there's been. There's a kind of trademark transparency, vulnerability, and general absence of manifestations and drama. It's focused on confession, repentance, restitution, reconciliation, renewed character, and reignited love of Christ. Every move of the Spirit will also attract crazies, semi-heretics, sectarians, legalists, and populists wanting to run to the front and claim they're leading it. At the margins are all the nitpickers and naysayers, the ones starting sentences with, well, we'll know it's a really a revival when. That's the sound of someone who's threatened, who doesn't get it. Various groups have tried to force our revivals into different templates, their templates, whether it's signs and wonders or last day's great awakening notions but they always peter out. But the transparency, openness, the spirit of repentance and reconciliation, that is self-sustaining. And that's why people just come to Hughes and sit. In the end, it doesn't matter what I think. I don't have to have a take. I just love the way the spirit washes over this community every generation or so, flushes out a lot of junk, resets the community for fresh obedience. That's my take. Dr. Stone described as a time largely devoid of the more exciting associated with revivals is confirmed by Tom and others I've heard from, at least regarding the first days of all of this. And not long after this, local and then national news media outlets picked up on what was happening in Wilmore. Local outlets like the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky Today reported on events as well as reports from a local NBC and CBS affili affiliates. Even national media outlets like Fox News and CBN and others began noticing something was afoot in Wilmore. The headlines you see here refer to this event as a revival or an outpouring or even an awakening, and those terms mirror the language of people who are in Wilmore. The difficulty in describing exactly what is happening is not lost even on those present, as Lawson Stone once again has some astute remarks. He says, I love it that eight days into this season of renewal, we still don't know what to call it. Naming something can be helpful, but it can also be the first step toward getting control over it, categorizing it, merging it with a template, and domesticating it. People who constantly bestow nicknames on people are trying to dominate them. So our hesitancy at naming these eight days seems to me a healthy thing. We don't want to control it. We just want, to work. We just want the work to be fruitful in our lives. Ultimately, what we call it is insignificant, but I think Stone is right. All too often, if we can name it, 
then we tend to think we understand it, or even control it, at least to some degree. In my own opinion, revival is probably a fine name, but we may want to exercise some caution until we have some distance to see the real fruit of what all this has brought. The headline of a recent Christianity Today article cites an Asbury professor who affirms we're witnessing a surprising work of God. As always, any surprising work of God brings with it naysayers and detractors. I was surprised to see people on Twitter expressing grave doubts about the events in Wilmore because, well, I I feel like I know Asbury Seminary fairly well, and I firmly believe the individuals whose accounts I've heard, all independently generated, by the way, and people who are all generally trustworthy. And so without my own direct knowledge of what's happening, I can still confidently agree with their assessment. I'm thinking particularly of the handful of professors and friends who have personally experienced the kinds of things Tom will tell us about in a few minutes. These friends and professors come from different church backgrounds with different emphases on the Holy Spirit, worship styles, women in ministry, and miraculous gifts today. And across that broad spectrum, I've heard both men and women say that there is something tangible, palpable going on that is leading attendees into great peace and love, and joy, and repentance, and so forth. And if that doesn't sound like the work of God, I I don't know what is. My friend Ryan Giffen, a fellow Asbury Seminary alumnus, and the lead pastor of Village Community Church, a Nazarene church in Kansas City, I believe, and the archives manager for the Nazarene Archives, had this to say about detractors. If the kind of thing happening at Asbury University was to happen at Village Community, One of my very last concerns would be the approval of other Christians who will never step foot in our church. I followed up by urging others to go and see for themselves. In another thread, there were some making, quite frankly, stupid arguments about why this couldn't possibly be the real deal, and I urged them to apply the Gamaliel test to let God do his work in his time, either to bless this movement or to snuff it out. Others tried to say things like, Do you actually see who's at this thing in Wilmore? So here's, here's an example of this kind of lazy criticisms that some people have made. Now, I have no idea who either of these guys are, but Mr. Self-Named Ministry at the top said he has doubts about the authenticity of the Asbury Revival because some bro named Todd Bentley with a big red beard and lots of tattoos was there. Now, according to Mr. Self-Named Ministry... Bentley is seriously disturbed, possibly even demon-possessed, and yet because Bentley raved about the Asbury revival on his Instagram account, what's happening at Asbury must not be the real deal after all. (laughs) Sorry, man, but, but your argument amounts to guilty by association, and that's pretty weak. As if God refused to pour out the Holy Spirit through Peter and John onto the genuine believers in Samaria in Acts chapter 8, because Simon Magus was there. And here's another thing. If your ministry organization is named after yourself, you're doing it wrong. What the detractors largely have in common is, one, a disdain for Asbury's religious tradition, and two, they've interviewed only a mere handful of witnesses who have spent only a few hours in an event that has gone on for almost two weeks now. One article making the rounds typifies these weak arguments, This guy begins his discussion of the Asbury revival with the provocative statement that he became a genuine Christian at a fake revival. That makes me wonder if it was really fake, but that's besides the point. Although he claims to have spoken with current students, recent graduates, and several people who have visited, which honestly could mean that he just saw their tweets, 
he goes on to offer three quotes from students, and honestly, it's unclear if he means three different students. He's also said that he has watched hundreds of videos of the revival, and although I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on talking with a handful of witnesses, I'm going to call shenanigans on watching hundreds of videos on the revival. Relatively soon after everything got started, the live stream was periodically turned off, at least at different times, because some of the testimonies and times of repentance were intensely personal. So I just, I just don't think that there are hundreds of videos available. Maybe I'm wrong. Elsewhere in the article, he does make some very valid points about the need to test spirits and the importance of discussing this in love, so credit where credit is due. But in the end, this article is a prime example of the weak and generally substantiveless criticisms against what's happening. Instead, let me direct you to someone who is there on the ground in Wilmore and knows the Asbury community very well, President of Asbury Theological Seminary, Dr. Timothy Tennant. His blog is always worth checking out, and I was glad to see him weigh in on what's happening. You can find his article titled, Thoughts on the Asbury Awakening, from February 14, 2023. Now, some are hesitant to call this a revival, not because they disbelieve God is at work, like the detractors I mentioned a moment ago, but because they think it's too soon to know what the long-term fruit will be. And I think he's right on when he says, quote, Despite the endless coverage in social media and the regular media, which is calling this a revival, I think it is wise to see this at the current phase as an awakening. Only if we see lasting transformation, which shakes the comfortable foundations of the church and truly brings us all to a new and deeper place, can we look back in hindsight and say, yes, this has been a revival. In my studies of the Bible and the world from which the Bible and early Christianity arose, it has been immensely important to me to go back to the sources and to see what they have said for themselves. Now, obviously, sources are biased for a number of reasons, but I think it's worth hearing from Asbury University itself on what has happened. As of Friday, February 17th, Asbury University President, President Dr. Kevin Brown offered this statement on Asbury's website. At the completion of a regularly scheduled chapel service on February 8, 2023, at Asbury University, students lingered to pray, worship, and share. They have not stopped and, moreover, have been joined far and wide by hungry men and women across the world who desire to seek the Lord in this space. Since the first day, there have been countless expressions and demonstrations of radical humility, compassion, confession, consecration, and surrender unto the Lord. We are witnessing the fruit of the Spirit, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We continue to seek to discern the right balance between orderliness for our university students, faculty, and staff, and our campus visitors, and creating space for individuals to have a life-transforming, Christ-centered encounter. We're also tremendously thankful for the men and women who have worked so hard and diligently to create space for the special move of God. Hosting such a significant moment comes with a cost, and the goodwill and humility of our community has been inspiring. Finally, we cannot fully express the profound gratitude we have for stewarding this outpouring in the life of our school and beyond. Ultimately, we pray that our efforts in these days point toward our Savior, Kevin J. Brown, President of Asbury University. Lastly, their website calls this an outpouring, referring to an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and there are several links on this page for how to reach out to them. 
In part one of this episode, you heard from Tom Lyons, whose research into revival movements of the 20th century makes him, in my opinion, a well-trained observer in matters like this. Not to mention he's spent quite a bit of time there in Wilmore over the past week and over the last several years because he and I were getting our doctorates together at Asbury Seminary in Wilmore. And what you're about to hear from Tom, he refers to this article from Seminary Now, where he shares his thoughts more fully. If you're skeptical, and that's fine, by the way, because I can't vouch for everything I've heard either, let me encourage you to check out Tom's article and listen into what he has to say now. Tom, thanks again for joining us for part two of this uh, podcast episode, where we are talking, uh, one, about your dissertation research, which I will refer uh, others to go check that out. And uh, and two, how that research, in my opinion, qualifies you to be a, a critical observer. And again, critical in the sense there of discerning a critical observer of what is currently happening at Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky. Tom, as you live in the Lexington, Kentucky area, which is just 15, 20 minutes up the road from Wilmore, mm -hmm. talk to us about kind of what happened at uh, at Asbury University a couple weeks ago, and uh, uh, what you've seen and what you've what you've heard, and, and kind of walk us through uh, some of the questions maybe that people have had about this, and and why you seem to think this this might be the real deal. Yeah, certainly. So um, uh, the report that I got initially last February, or not last February, uh, we're in February, uh, last Wednesday, so uh, nine days ago, mm -hmm. was um, I got a text from a friend who said uh, Revival uh, has kicked off on Asbury's campus again. Uh, chapel hasn't ended yet. That was... Weird. That was, that was like the the first day it happened. They were already the first, someone yeah. was already saying revival. Yeah, somebody reached out to me and said like and again it was you know just a participant, but they you know because they knew my interest, right? Sure. Yeah. And my response was, "Cool." <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, that's so understated. <laughs> like no, like, and I mean that like because I. I recognize that a lot of things get labeled as revival. Sure, a yeah. lot of things get like that word gets thrown around in our holiness context in various ways. And so I just was like, sure, we'll see. Right. And so actually I had a fairly like skeptical initial response. I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, some, some, you know, like chapel clearly was particularly good this weekend or this uh, t uh, today. That Wednesday, and, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that Wednesday, and clearly it had an impact on some students, and they decided to stay and worship rather than go to classes. Congratulations, that's not a revival. You know, like <laughs> that was my that was my inner cynic, right? Um, sure. Me yeah. me having spent all this time studying, so like th yeah. this is just me self disclosing um, that like I was not uh, like I I did not initially jump on this. Track. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next day. Um, I um uh, just kind of watching Facebook, you know, because I was like, if this is a thing, like we'll know pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I live in I live about 20 minutes away in Lexington, and um I had had a kid that was had been sick, had some stuff in the morning, and so I dropped them off and it was about eleven o'clock. Um and I went, you know what, let me drive down. Like it looks like things might still be going on. So they worshiped all through the night. So they're at 24, the 24 hour mark. Yeah. Maybe there's something to this. Um 
And so I, uh, I arrived and there was not really anybody there. Nothing seemed out of the sorts, right? Like when I moved, when I arrived on campus, I parked normally, walked over to Hughes, it, campus green was empty and I walked in and, um, and the spirit of the Lord was tangible in that place. And what do you mean by that? Cause I, yeah, yeah. I I've mentioned this before, so, our, the 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 big problem I have with how our movement has traditionally operated is what I would describe as a an anemic pneumatology, just a really weak view of the spirit. So when you say tangible, I'm sure somebody's um, going to listen and think, "What, what are you mean? talking about?" Right. Well, I yeah, want to yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I want to know what what do you mean by tangible? So, and again, I've been in a lot of charismatic contexts, and 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 so there's a there's a degree of discernment that's here, but there's also a degree of like. Um, there's like a deep resonance with the presence of the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we've all been in those environments where like we're praying or something like that. And we just feel like the love of God wash over us. Yeah. Um, and I entered into that space and the presence of the, like, like the air felt heavy in that space mm -hmm. and the spirit of the Lord. Like it, I, there was a, there was a sweetness and a gentleness in that space. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't loud. It wasn't like, revivally in the sense of like you know like there was not enthusiasm or energy there no um there were the chapel had the you know somebody was on stage uh strumming on a guitar and there was probably 75 100 people in the room just worshiping mm -hmm. minding their own business and i was like okay this is interesting in a room um, that can hold 1500 right yes so right like so, it I mean, wasn't we're full. not talking no, no we're not talking but the presence of the lord was tangible in the yeah. spot and you know and 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 more had you know and more was come were coming in and and um i don't know there may have been more than 75 now like to to be clear like uh, it wasn't a capacity saying, it was definitely not yeah. a capacity and this was um, thursday this is 24 hours later yeah. and so but but you know one of the things you know we talked about revival accounts one of the things that um that uh that was a hallmark of all the events was the tangible pret like one of the striking things in all the revival accounts is the eyewitness experiences describing the tangible presence of God, that in walking into those spaces, they knew that God was there. Yeah. That there was this resonance with their spirit. Um, and, um, and that was certainly there when I walked in there and I was like, okay, this is fascinating. I'm interested. Like, Lord, you, you know, you, you've perked my interest here. There may be something here. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like Lord heal my skepticism. <laughs> um, but, uh, I do believe help my unbelief. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Indeed. Um, and what I experienced is that, um, well, I, I sat there for about two hours and, and just listened and, and there was this nice rotation of like teaching. So there was like preaching, you know, mm -hmm. your biblical, you know, like, and I, this wasn't just in that window, but it was over the next couple of days as I kind of came in and out, I noticed that there was, there's a, there's a real healthy rotation of proclamation. And what I would categorize as proclamation is on one hand, it's preaching yeah. and also on, on another hand, testifying to what God's doing in and through people. Like people's experiences through prayer, uh, uh, it can often involve public repentance. And so like, but I would, I would split repentance off so that you have proclamation. There was repentance and oftentimes people would get up and just testify to like, this is what was happening in my life. And, you know, I've, I'm submitted to the feet of Jesus and just repenting 
there's um and so there's kind of these public repentance sometimes it was individual sometimes it was like corporate like repenting of um of all like uh of uh systemic injustices <laughs> and 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 racial divisions and 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 the ways in which we haven't loved well things yeah. like that um the uh our allegiance to our nation over god like stuff like that um so there were these kind of like public um uh, like so you have these kind of public repentance you have this proclamation you have uh regular kind of prayers both individual seasons of individual prayer and corporate prayer uh there was seasons of scripture reading sunday morning uh i went in there with my kids it was great and uh part of uh, our time there uh it was there was worship you know and another piece is, is there was worship yeah. sometimes the worship was like um piano only right and sometimes the worship was like a full you know band instrumental um sometimes it was literally just uh singing and there was it was not oh you mean like there was a, you mean non-instrumental yeah, singing like there was maybe be amazing how range. good that is yeah no you're, you're right it was great <laughs> um, so there was an entire range during the season when i talk about yeah. worship of like of different types of worship um but one of the one of the things that they did sunday morning is they just read psalms and so oh. people were invited to just um read a psalm that 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 was on their heart whether you know some are joy some are lament right yeah and it was just these public readings of scripture it was beautiful just a beautiful season of people got up stood up and read a psalm that was meaningful that was that was resonating with them mm -hmm. um in that in that time in that space and so it was just a it was just a beautiful time of just of sitting with the word of god um and so there's this nice, healthy rotation of these things um, throughout uh, my observations uh, during that time. And the reality is, is that as it went on 24, 48, um, 72, as we went on each day, uh, when we hit the weekend, like things really got wild yeah. because then people started flocking in from all across the nation. Um, A lot of people and... were seeing facebook posts and social media yep. posts and and then social media everybody started weighing in as to what they what they thought this was whether yeah. it was emotionalism or whatever um the lord woke me up uh i'm gonna get a little bit charismatic on you and your audience the lord <laughs> the lord woke me up uh um on saturday, saturday yep. saturday is what you were saying saturday at yeah. five is that right five, five in the morning the day i had no interest in being awake the lord that's 4 a.m my time so that's extra early yeah. yeah and and just uh and and deals with my heart um around some of my own research and some of the wounding that i had there as part of just the academic process right yeah and um and just says you've been quiet long enough and so um uh, I wrote a piece. It was originally it was just a testimony on my Facebook page of like my, kind of glimpses of my dissertation and like how I was interpreting this. Mm -hmm. um, that ended up getting picked up for seminary. Seminary now published it uh, on their blog. I did a polished form on that, and then Scott McKnight picked it up and pushed it out on Jesus Creed. Yeah. So on his Substack, which so. I'm going to um, I'm going to I'm going to share the seminary now post. Yeah. Um, I think that will. I think that has occurred at the beginning of this video so yeah i'll have some it's, other things i haven't recorded them yet so i'm talking about them in the future tense but as people are watching this it'll be what happened before this so you will have seen tom's 
post from Seminary Now, as well as excerpts from a blog post from Tim Tennant, president of Asbury Seminary, and some other comments, uh, largely from Joy Vaughn, who's faculty at Asbury University. And she she preached there on Monday. I yeah. did a wonderful sermon on Romans 13. I alluded so, to Joy in, uh, in the first episode of this um, you know, two-part two-part episode on the Asbury revival and uh, some comments from Lawson Stone, who uh, has been, uh, 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 Lawson has just been fire. Like I he, just love he's been his, a delight his to follow. <laughs> yeah. He's been a delight to follow because he's, uh, well, I'll just let the posts speak for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause yeah. he, he's weighed in well and has, um, I love it. I and love has it. really, really you know protected that time mm-hmm. from um mm-hmm. unjust criticism and um you know mischaracterizations and things like that so i'll i'll, I'll share some of his yeah so we're in day 9 well. of this today uh, this is it, at the time of recording friday february 17th 2023 we're at day 9 mm-hmm. tom what um what kinds of things are you are you still seeing there mm-hmm. in um in all this yeah um the kinds of things that i would expect to see to be honest um uh and but in also in the measures that i would expect them to see okay so like amongst my charismatic revival circles right one of the things that they are critical of is that there's just not like where are the demonstrations of power where is the healing where is where are the miracles yeah Yeah. where are the miracles and some folks in my fellowship will tell you those ended a long time ago. Yeah. I've always been yeah. a little more skeptical of that, given, well, well, one, that's not what I think the New Testament says, and two, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, my own experiences. But it is interesting that some people will immediately go to that and say, well, there's clearly not enough of this stuff happening right now. Right. Like, this is clearly not revival because, you know, like, the Lord's not moving powerfully. Right? Yeah. And my word, to, my word to them is that this is, first of all, it is in continuity with what we've seen before. So from a cultural standpoint, like in the other Asbury revival, we didn't see these strong signs and wonders element. And yet it still seems to be present for folks mm-hmm. who are, are on prayer ministry team um, that I've spoken with, I've spoken to many. And um, like when they feel like they have a prophetic word, uh, they're receiving cl- like a much clearer prophetic word when they're speaking in and sh- kind of sharing these elements with folks' lives. Um, in, in vineyard circles, we call that reading people's mail, um, because, uh, and, and, and oftentimes it's accompanied by words of encouragement or things that the Lord wants to do in their life related to this stuff. So talk to me um, just briefly. I know what you mean when you say a prophetic word, uh, because, you know, we were in school from, uh, for six years. So like we were in school together for six years. Um, give me a brief explanation. What does that mean? In, yeah, in, in often, how you use it today. Uh, oftentimes, it's associated with something like a word of encouragement. You'll see uh, Paul talk a little bit about that. And and what and what's okay. going on here is that um, oftentimes we'll get um, uh, you'll get a, an, an inkling, or and or oftentimes it'll be a piece of knowledge that you in your human capacity have no right to know. Right, right. It's like um, you have somehow have some insight into someone's situation. Right. That right. you should not know based on just your experiences no. and, and what uh, you've heard and observed. 
and yet that yeah. is still given to you for the purposes of encouragement or or direction right so an example of this this is not associated with the revival this is years ago uh, i have a friend who uh she heard that um she felt like she was at a bus station and she felt like she needed to pray for a woman um for uh her joy right that she would have joy and um and she's like lord that's super generic and weird and like not specific right you know like and and so like i don't know how to and the lord's like okay well um she's she's carrying uh she's uh she just lost her husband and her or no, no she she the the more specific was her daughter's name is this like rebecca and she's currently concerned about what uh the role of me uh my role in 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 her daughter's life right mm-hmm. the absence of my my presence in her daughter's life and i want you to pray for that as well and and so this friend was like you know i'll start with the joy thing <laughs> and uh Fair, yeah uh and and so she begins she asks you know can i pray and she says um and my my friend says okay well what uh you know can i pray and she then she shares uh the lady's like, I guess, you know, and then she, she, she said, well, you know, do you feel like you need joy or there's an absence? And, and what this individual ends up sharing is that they were in the process of transporting their husband's ashes um, back to be dispersed because their husband, had, they've just been widowed. Um, and this individual is like, oh, well, you know, like, okay, like that's a one for one. Yeah, like, yes, joy sure, is yeah. the absence of joy is something that is that they were not experiencing, not only in that moment, but also, you know, in the season of their life. And so they pray for that. And, and, it, and, and the spirit seems to encourage and comfort them. Right. And that in the midst of that, the response mm-hmm. to that, to that word. And so my, uh, my friend says, okay, well, by any chance is your daughter's name X, like Rebecca or whatever. And the lady immediately goes, are you psychic? <laughs> you know, because like, because, because again, yeah. this is not knowledge that anyone in any, in any way, shape or form should have. And yeah. And the response, um, you know, a healthy response to this is no, just um, I believe that the Lord speaks and and sometimes the, the Lord wants to offer words of hope and encouragement and that he wants to meet you now in this space. And and so my friend prayed for this woman uh, and for her daughter and 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 she found new hope and reassurance in this word from the Lord that the that the Lord ultimately had her daughter in his hand. And that there, and there, that there, that there, that there wasn't warrant for worry, and that, and and that's what the hardest is this assumption that God wants to meet and minister to His people, and sometimes yeah. He does that through these these kind of divine words, these words of knowledge, um, and so that's that's the short stint on words of knowledge. So to jump back for those that have that will sometimes move in this gifting, um, I. Uh, they those individuals that i know that are in this space they've been more accurate their words have been more accurate and more clear than they've ever received elsewhere and so that's been just an interesting like those that is it found themselves at asbury currently yes experiencing this like in yeah. this environment with the lord's presence being so tangible like their words have been more accurate and more clear when they offer them yeah um so that's one example um, another is, uh, I have some credible accounts. Again, I was not there, but eyewitness accounts to some pretty, tr- pretty dramatic healings. Wow. Okay. Um, 
Uh, one was a set of students uh, at like 2.30 in the morning praying for, I believe it was like a mouth tumor or mouth, like a visually protruding mouth tumor, mouth lesion that was healed. Um, and it, it disappeared. And that the intent was, I don't know, I, I have not followed up on this story. But again, I'm just reporting what eyewitnesses like. So because when you're dealing with these revivals, what you're dealing with is eyewitness testimony. Right. right. Yeah. And so the intent, though, is that this student, this individual who had this this tumor was going to go the next day to the doctor and have it medically verified. So and I but I, I haven't followed up on that. Um, but those are those are the, that's the task on the other side of this right. that we begin to run down as we we begin to run down these leads and to verify these things, yeah. um, you know, so that we can report on these, you know, in, a, in an informed manner uh, on the other side of it. Uh, so there's been some dramatic healings. Uh, I had some uh, folks not too long ago in the middle of the chapel who uh, an individual started manifesting some some typical signs of demon possession. And what are those? Um, so sometimes like what, what, uh, what would you uh, often, what would you say? So are? agitation. So agitation in the presence of, of Jesus is one of the number ones. Okay. Um, oftentimes it'll manifest in things like fidgety and things like a, like a um, like feeling very anxious and anxious in an unhealthy level, not just normal anxiousness, but sure. in the presence of the Lord. Like um, oftentimes it can be a tick. Like it'll be a facial tick, it'll be something like that. That it, it isn't there, but when they're in the presence of, the, of, like when Jesus is clearly in the room, this tick develops. Mm -hmm. um, it could be, it could, or it could be. Um, so that's, and there's a number of these. Uh, it could yeah. be uh, a change in tone of voice. It could be bodily contortions. It could Which be, those could, tend to be the more dramatic ones, right? Yes, right. Yeah. And um, and what was reported was an individual. Um, was showing some of these uh, they asked if you know some people asked if they wanted prayer they reluctantly agreed um while they were praying this individual seemed to appear to go into like bodily convulsions mm -hmm. um and um and uh the prayer team uh you know uh in the name of jesus uh told the spirit to leave and um, not only did those stop but they were immediately able to stand up and 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 reported um freedom a dramatic sense of of relief um which joy who we've talked about multiple times before this is this is her field um this is joy's dissertation was on um deliverance yeah. um in different cultures and in in the reports of demon possession um and so i know she's, that she's got the on... sinister side of what you did basically. oh yeah right exactly exactly we were both doing luke acts we yeah. know dealing with spirits it's just i was dealing with the holy spirit she was dealing with the other ones um, let me let me pause you just for a second. Yeah. Just a brief anecdote because I I know people are going to hear that and think that is so weird. What happened to Kevin? <laughs> He's got these friends. No, but um we moved to Corpus Christi in August of 2020. We had a horrific downstairs neighbor. We moved in an apartment in order to land so we could then find a house. Our downstairs neighbor was absolutely atrocious. Um, she was, uh, like early twenties and took all of her angst and aggression out on us because we had at the time, a four-year-old and a one-year-old and, you know, apartments are just not quiet. Right. Right. I, you, you can beg a one and a half year old all you want not to run 
and they just they run if you even walk quickly from like down the you can hallway hear it. in some apartment complex you, you can, can hear it yeah. yeah you can hear it well like we didn't pick a third floor apartment that was what they had available our the house that we were gonna land in that fell through two mm-hmm. literally two weeks before we moved down it's yeah. like we were scrambling to find something so we found that apartment yeah. she was miserable in one week's time she called the police three times on us and she was obviously upset and we were all getting angry about it as well. Like in the kind of anger that just makes you hate being where you are. Yeah. And on one night, um, I remember Linnea was, uh, I think Linnea was uh, in, in bed or she was getting ready for bed. The boys were asleep. I, I walked around the living room and prayed as fervently as I could that that if there was some kind of evil or malevolent presence that was um, generating this um, this like veil of anger and aggression mm-hmm. on us and on her, that in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit that that would that would go that that would disperse mm-hmm. that god would push that out and i walked around our living room and prayed that as fervently as i could for like 15 minutes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she never called the police on us again she'd occasionally bang on her ceiling but it was much different after that uh, I and so people similar- People can people can hear the story about what happened in Asbury's Chapel there and think, man, that's weird. It's like like but like I don't typically run in those kinds of circles where that sort of thing happens regularly. But I can attest that even to a sm- to a smaller degree, that that kind of prayer it appeared to be effective. And I'm sure right. you've got a, a, I know for a fact you have a number of instances just because well I've, I've known you for nine years now. And we've yeah. talked about a lot of this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have stuff all the way from like personally my experiences with others to even things with my family, right? Yeah, and and stuff like that where um, where uh, my son would seemingly have night terrors, but when but even in the midst of, and he would talk about the yellow and the green and the red eyes in the room. Ooh, yikes, man! Yeah, and um, and mm-hmm. like we're talking, we're like the two and three and child screaming and waking up the night with these things. And me going and sitting with them and just praying that the Lord, the presence of the Lord be there tangibly and come and rest in this space. And boom, he would fall asleep like that and Very just stay asleep. Um, but at times when I, w- I would finish and walk away um, and not too long later, he was screaming again. And so like, so that it, 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 it demanded continual intercession time. So, and I have lots of thoughts, you know, yeah, like, sure. uh, like, uh, yeah. you know, and I can, and I can attest it to others similar. So like the spiritual realm, right. The demonic is a real thing. Yeah. Like if we were, are we biblical Christians? Because it's in the text. Right. And we need to come to terms with that. Yeah. Um, you know, relatedly like, uh, and Jesus empowered the, the, um, his disciples, right. And he's empowered them to go and do likewise yeah. in, in ministering. And so like, and then afterwards, the point he says, like, "Hey, it's you know, don't rejoice because right. the demons submit to you. Rejoice <laughs> right. because your names are, are written in the book of life." 
Right. Right. The point right. is not the not the power. Not the power. Right. The the point is discipleship. It's obedience. It's it's faith, fidelity, allegiance. The point is all these kinds of things. And the power. It's the kingdom of, it's the kingdom of God breaking into our exactly. midst. Right, exactly. bringing order and reconciliation and restoration to all of creation, right? right, and setting things right. And part of that has to be kicking the enemy out of the current territory and out of the space. If you're going to plunder the strong man's house, right, right, you got to bind him. Yeah, right. That's what that. Is. So, um, so, so you've seen, there have been reports. None of, of what we're saying is non-biblical in the, that sense. Uh, so please, I'll, please I'll, hear us. Hey, I, I, <laughs> I'm a real believer in. If if we're going to be Christians, then we need to develop a biblical worldview. Yeah, and yeah. I'll I'll yeah. I'll push that pretty hard. So in addition um, so to some I of those kinds of there's things, there's been some deliverance instances. Yeah. That was one that was super public. Um, that, oh, it was uh, because it was like right in the middle of everything, and actually, yeah. like an ambulance was called because again, like the convulsions were so dramatic that like um, now. And so like an ambulance was called, and so that individual, I believe, went away in in an ambulance afterwards, even though after the healing they had got up and they were like oh i'm fine but everybody sure. was like no we saw what happened so you <laughs> yeah. we need to make sure you are medically okay right um but at the same time there are others that were that uh that testified to similar experiences um with deliverance that were not public and that have not been out in the open it's mm -hmm. just sometimes when that happens it's just so arresting everybody is forced to see it yeah yeah but that's not the front and center. That's not the main thing and, that's going on. And that's it's the, just that there are accounts. That's the yeah. point. And really, that, that's one point that I, I want to drive home is that consistently. So talk about my dissertation work for just a moment and its yeah. work on the uh, the criteria of authenticity for historical Jesus study. Basically, these tools that we use in order to assess really any historical document, the Gospels and Acts being historical documents that historians can assess to some degree. The consistent, multiple and independently attested accounts is that the main thing that people are experiencing is like what you said. There's a tender sweetness. There's a, there's a yeah. gentleness. There's you you said earlier that the air felt heavy, and what I took that to mean was not heavy in an oppressive way, but no. heavy in the sense of well, really to to throw it all the way back to the Old Testament, where one of the words used for God's glory is this word that means something like weight, that there, there yeah. is, there's a gravitas to it. There's a significance to, yeah. to being there. That's what I have seen the most of the, the emotionalism appears not to be driving this. The, the signs and wonders appear not to be driving this. It's something deeper and, and more serene. Am I right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's the spirit of Jesus. I mean, like it is nothing short of just the spirit of Jesus. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and, and we can rejoice in that, right? Because when Jesus's presence is, when Jesus is present in that tangible kind of way, um, you know, there's, we experience uh, a fullness. Uh, we get glimpses of the restoration that's coming. Yeah. So that is so um some of my friends like to talk about it in the language of thin spaces. So that mm -hmm. the prayer of uh of heaven coming to earth becomes just a little bit more understandable. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Uh, so that's come. what's going on, Kingdom Come, in, indeed. Yeah. And so that's what seems to be going on in our midst, in um, in uh, in Wilmore. So yeah. what? Um, it was just announced this morning publicly that um, that basically uh, they are going to like the time is in the because of security concerns and a number of other issues. Um, there's a little bit more structure that like we've continually seen a little bit more stewarding and structure intentional hand mm -hmm. um the asbury university um the administration all the leadership that's contributed to this has just been stunning it's been amazing to watch it's like a it's a logistical masterpiece yeah of just watching just the people just make thing make this happen right um uh, and what i mean by that is like we're talking about toilets cleaning. We're talking about like making sure that like just oh, yeah. all of the small things, right? That trash is emptied, like of of what it means to to steward this type of move, and mm -hmm. it's, it's been masterful. Um, but I say that to say, uh, um, I'm sorry, I went on uh, off on a tangent, wanting to <laughs> acknowledge the some leadership. further um, structure has it oh, was announced. Some further this structures have been announced, and so um, they life needs to begin to get back to normal in that space. Um, we, they don't want to quench the spirit of God. They don't want to stop what God seems to be doing. Um, right. But, but some order, you know, some additional, like um, they want to be able to steward it correctly is, yeah. is the language that I would use. Yeah. And so um, they're going to continue to open uh, Hughes auditorium at various points, you know, to the public but this was originally a student led thing. And so like all the worship has been continually led by the students. Um, and so in light of that, uh, like there are times and seasons where like Hughes will only be open to the students, like in there. And yeah. we, and we need to honor and respect that, that it is their space. Um, and that institution exists for their, you know, growth and development and advancement. Yeah. And so, um, so there some time constraints have been placed on it um, and, and it's going to culminate. So here's the here's the providential like amazingness of, of what has happened here. There was the collegiate like national like prayer event thing that was being hosted that was announced a long time ago for Asbury 20, you know, for the next Thursday, basically hosted on Asbury's campus and Francis Chan's coming in and, and a bunch of, uh, you know, oh, like cool. they were going to be doing this big kind of prayer push thing. And so that is going to be the cap. They're going to end They're They're going to end the current stage of what we might consider whatever this thing is. Mm -hmm. Let me be very clear. I've used the language of revival. Uh, the administration has largely used the language of the university's used language of an outpouring of God's love. Yeah, you know, yeah. A, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, uh, which again is biblical. Um, and uh, the seminary has used the language of awakening, the Asbury awakening. I'm gonna mention um, uh, folks who caught the first half of this yeah. will hear that that is how Tim Tennant describes yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and so I use the language of revival because this maps to historic revival trends. Sure. We won't really know until we get a little bit farther historically. We won't know the true fruit of this for 20 to 30 years to be interesting. Like, yeah. like, because that's, that's how these things are measured. This isn't measured in days and weeks, right? This is measured in like these movements are measured in decades mm -hmm. and the transformation that happens in institutions and in cities and regions and churches and denominations over over the long haul as this as the east um makes its way you know 
through the bread. Through the dough. Uh, through yeah. the leaven. Yeah, through the dough. So uh, so I say that to say, um, uh, but they're going to begin to transition and wind down what's happening on the campus. But a third space is going to get opened up um, to continue uh, to kind of steward God's presence and and what what has been happening. And actually, like they decentralized this this thing fairly quickly because Hughes was filling up. Like it's fifteen hundred yeah. people, and it was filling up, and it had a line that was like you'd have to wait over an hour to get into the auditorium. Yeah. And so the seminary opened up two over flow spaces, and those got filled up. And then a, a local church in the area opened up their space and it likewise has been variously, you know, filled or, you know, like, it, yeah. So I say all that to say um, they like this hasn't fully been centralized to a single location. And so um, but they basically said is that the that that from a meeting space, the university will be transitioning away um, from hosting what God is doing here not wanting to say they're ending it or they're quenching it or that just simply that like logistically they're, they're pivoting sure. and they're um, and they're going to be hosting it elsewhere. Okay. All right. Well, Tom, I really appreciate your time with us this morning. Um, I have, I have uh, been very pleased to see that there are uh, folks from uh, folks from my own movement, who have uh, headed over. A uh, good friend of mine is still in Wilmore uh, working on his dissertation, preaching at the church where I and a couple of other Asbury alumni preached. Oh. And um, it, and he's been, he's been able to get over there and, and experience everything. And he and his wife have just mm-hmm. ha- have, have felt the, the richness of God's presence mm-hmm. there. Um, had a friend text me last night. It's like, Hey man, I just wish y'all could take some, uh, take some time off and get up here for a few days because it would be great. So I, um, I, I'm glad to hear that what is what is most evident mm. is not the dramatic and exciting things. What's most evident is, is really the the fruit of the spirit right. uh, being being uh, generated or, or cultivated anew there. And uh, in Wilmore. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. Tom, appreciate your time, sir. Of course. Of course. We're going to get, um, I'm going to have Joy on the podcast at some time. She's told me that she's got to finish her manuscript for her book. She's getting it published, uh, get her dissertation published. <laughs> she is. And when she's she finished with that, it, it'd be, it'd be rad to, um, to have uh, the two of y'all on together to kind of bounce uh, ideas off of each other. Um, be fun. We'll, we'll see if that happens, you know. Um, we'll see when we can make that work out. But in the meantime, brother, take care, mm-hmm. sir. It's good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, guys.